everybody yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder, everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Then throw Boyd in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, showing boys how to really gritty. They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky. Flip the coin, kick the toe, ride to the go and get it. Never know what's gon' happen when Joe drop back. He gets shiesty in the pocket, I get shiesty on the track. Nobody on the team, all pro, that's all cap. Most all around team in the NFL, that's all facts. And came across nobody yet that seemed like they can hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff. Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Vaughn gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend. Right behind them, Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just draft the camera, draft the heel. Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was cause that's the loser way It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy eight. It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it Zach Taylor doing his thing for the city, I give it to him And I best surmise you'll find a hole if you give it to him Hayden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him Just hand it off to 28 and let him do the dash Getting hit by BJ Hill probably feel like a car crash Every week it seem like Lou digging deeper in his bag And if the game on the line, all my favorite money match I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. What do we say, dog? They gotta play us! Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Iceman Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the back-to-back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,165 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports, excuse me, Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got something for Blake Jewel you want to ask him, I got Satori as my other co-host today. You got something that you disagree with, either one of them on, on uh, Twitter, give me a super chat. Or if you want to support the show, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you from this glorious place down here, the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. So if you're looking for a house to rent, a condo, apartment, if you have a rental property you just don't want to manage anymore, don't want to deal with the headache, sit back, collect your money, Give T Properties a call. They'll take care of the rest for you. And you know it. I wear it every single day. And now I know I'm wearing my Bearcats, right? I got Oscar Robinson because, you know, the Bearcats are playing tonight. But we got Jackpot Joey. We got the hats. We got the hoodies. We got the flags. 
All that's at jackpotjoey9.com. Portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Fund. We also got the beer, which is uh, made by Brick Brewery. Uh, so get down there and get you some delicious Jackpot Joey beer and some cool gear. What's up to everybody in the chat? We got Nicholas, who's first, Pork Chop, Greg Graves, Weather Report, and more. I don't remember you ever commenting. That's a new one. So welcome to the show. Crips in there, Andrew Woods, Brad's. Jerome is in the house. Darth's in there and Ross. What's up to everybody? All right, let's get to this. So we, I, like I said, I have Blake Joel, but first let's get to my co-host of the show today. He's none other than from Rally Round the Natty, Centauri Miles. Candles. What's up, Centauri? What are you doing? The candle's hot. Did you, well, don't burn yourself. You're going to burn the whole place down before we start the show. That's all right. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get to Blake here. What's going on, Blake? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. We're just uh, talking uh, running backs and General Williams being traded and all kinds of stuff here. So, uh, like I said, we got a, a comment that ESPN, and we talked about this on Bengals and Brews, uh, ESPN has proposed uh, a Jonah for Beckton trade. Beckton has only played one game in the last two years for the Jets. That would be the worst trade in franchise history. And also, Becton is a left tackle. We kind of talked about this. I don't see that happening. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Blake. I'll let you go first. Uh, it makes sense that it wouldn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> I agree with that point. But at the same time, I love the upside of Becton. Um, I do think that, yeah, it's probably not smart. He's only played a few, few games the last two years. He's been hurt a lot. He's only played left tackle. But – you know, if you're talking about a third-round pick, if you're not able to get a tackle at 28, who are you going to get in the third round with that pick? I think Becton, as much as there's a lot of risk when it comes to Becton, but I do think he has upside. I think he can be a very good tackle in the league. I don't think that they do it. I don't think it makes a lot of sense, but I think it's worth just kind of looking at just when you got a guy like that, or yeah, he hasn't played a lot, but he he graded extremely well his uh, rookie year, so probably not going to happen. Probably shouldn't happen, but it's fun to think about. What do you got, Centaur? What's your thoughts on it? Um, Makai Becton and I have a lot in common. Um, we're both <laughs> overweight. We both have bad knees, and we both never played a snap in the NFL at right tackle. <laughs> there um, you go. Beyond that, uh, trading for a guy who hasn't played in two years, um, who you have to make a decision on a fifth-year option on, unless you wait until after that deadline has passed. Um, by the way, his fifth-year option is $13.56 million. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that – like, like the, 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 the upside's intriguing because he is a terrific athlete. Right. Um, but there's just nothing there. There's no substance to go off of. And um, I know there's the Frank Pollock connection, um, but at the same time um, – I care about one thing more than anything on the planet right now, Bengal-wise, uh, <laughs> which is uh, protecting Joe Burrow and keeping nice. him upright. Exactly. Uh, my my Super Bowl window is about as wide open as it's ever been in franchise history, and I really don't want to play with fire. Um, but with that being said, Jonah's also never played right tackle in the NFL. But, I, but, but he I, also I, has injury problems. I would trust him. To play right tackle more than a guy who hasn't even played. Am I am I wrong on that? Blake? 
I think you're right with that. I want Dunn Williams to be the right tackle this year. I know it's, uh, um, you know, he, he's only been a left tackle, but I think he would be, I think he would be fine at right tackle. I'd trust him more than Becton at this point. Um, but I think if you're going to keep Jonah at right tackle, you also need to draft somebody fairly early. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I like 28 to take a tackle. I like several of the guys that could be there. And I think Juan freaking Jones. That's who I want, Blake. <laughs> well, the thing is, there's a huge drop off in tackles after those guys, after right. you get that big, the, that big bucket of those mm-hmm. first round, maybe second round tackles. Uh, I'm a lot less confident in finding a good starting tackle in the third round. So I think you need to pick one early regardless of what happens um, in the next month. Uh, I would like General Williams to be the right tackle, and I would like um, I would like to have somebody behind him. Unless I think if you take DeJuan Jones, like you said, I don't even – I think you just trade Jonah right there. Oh, that's, I've said that before. If, if DeJuan Jones is there at 28, I think – Jonah Williams to, to be traded is definitely in play. And with the dra- draft going on, I want a second round pick. I know people think I'm crazy. That I don't think we can get that, but I think we can get a second round pick for him. But it depends on which way the, the draft ball is there. What do you got there, Satori? Uh, stranger things have happened. We, we've seen teams offer their entire draft for Ricky Williams. And we turn it down. We've seen teams turn that <laughs> off down. Um, so no, that's I'm, that that still pisses me off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, thirty years later. Yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> you know, with Jonah, I, I think Jonah's a great contingency plan. Um, he has played right tackle. He did it his freshman year in college at Alabama SEC. That's not uh, anything to be taken lightly. Um, but man, if if Dewan Jones is available at 28, I think you kind of have to sprint to the podium depending on what the board has fallen like. It also might be a situation where the Bengals are tempted to do something I don't think they've ever done, and that's trade up in the first round. Um, I don't Would Jonah get you a, Jonah in the second round get you up, or Jonah I, in the first round. I, I, don't, I don't know what you got to do to do it, but yeah. I would. It, I would feel a lot. We'll put it this way. I would have a lot of respect for the front office. Well, I already do, but I'd have a, a, a ton more if they would have the, the nads to trade up in the first round and just secure a right tackle and say, uh, we're not fucking with this. This is right. our guy, and now I can do whatever the hell I want the rest of the way, even if that means not having a second or a third or a first next year. Well, whatever. That, if you're going to do that, then that makes it even more to go get freaking Foster Moreau, I think. And we've got to get a tight end. We, we have Asi Asi. That's our only tight end in the room. That's another one that's kind of driving me nuts here is like, why haven't we gone and got Foster Moreau? You know, I I think the Bengals have a set price on what they're willing to pay uh, for positions in this market, and Foster maybe wants a little more. Maybe he's still debating between whether he wants to play in you know New Orleans, which is kind of like the hometown thing for him, or if he wants to come play with Joey B out here. Um, and maybe the Bengals are still stuck on a price. They just might be a million apart. Who knows? I I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but I, I do think the Bengals have very much started to zero in on the draft. I think they're trying to figure out what they really want to do at right tackle. Uh, I think they're trying to figure out what they want to do with Mixon. Um, they, they've got some other in-house problems that are, I, I hate to say it's a more dire need because they don't really have a tight end on the roster. Um, but tight end is also like the number four or five option in this offense on a good day. So it's also not – 
a well, super like huge would be perfect. I think. I, I don't know. You gotta have. I don't know. Depends what he wants, and I'm, I'm going to say that with everybody. You know, I, I'm interested in everybody in the NFL for the right price. What's your thoughts on Foster Moreau there, Blake? I think they need to get him, but like I said, it or like uh, he just said, it has to do with price. Um, I mean, who else I is think, out there that's worth signing? To be, I mean, yeah, I think he'd be perfect for this for what they need. He can block, and he has the athleticism to where, yeah, he's a blocking guy, but he can get open and he can he can be a threat. It's not just like oh, we're signing this guy to come in and block. Um, so I think he'd be I think he'd be pretty. He'd be a pretty good signing for them, but I also he's in, that's another position where I think they also need to draft a tight end. Um, maybe you can get uh, Foster Moreau, um, and then I would resign Drew Sample. You got two tight ends. Oh, you're you're gonna break Dale's heart. Dale just Dale just had a heart attack. <laughs> the guy can block his ass off. I'm like he's not he's, he doesn't need to be the star, but if he can right. block, he can be the third tight end. And then I right. draft. That's where I draft somebody that's an athlete. And that can that can be a threat, but if you if you can draft a rookie that is a valuable receiving threat, and then have Foster Moreau who can block and catch, and then have Drew Sample who can block behind him, you're looking pretty good right there. What do you got, Centauri? Anything anything else? Anything else you want to? I, I seen the comment for two years, fourteen. I, I assume that's for Foster. I would um, think so. Uh, that, that that would be awfully steep for Foster Moreau at this point in free agency, especially when you're seeing guys, you know, you're, if they're getting multi-year contracts at this point, which is not happening, it, it's not for that much, not for someone that's been a career backup. Um, I hate, and that's not a, an insult or a slam on Foster or anything. I think six would be the highest. Yeah. I, I don't think I mean, they remember they did the same thing with Hayden Hurst last year and ended up mm-hmm. being three. Point five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of their wheelhouse. I don't think they're looking at any of these options right now being a long-term option. I am with Blake. I think they're probably going to snag someone in the draft somewhere between rounds two and four. Um, they might even double down in the draft. We've seen them do that before at tight end specifically. Um, it, it just really depends what they want to do. But I, if it's Foster Moreau, I see it more as a one-year Maybe five million max. I, I was mean, thinking four and a half. Yeah, and that's going to be with incentives. It's going to be one of those things where it initially gets leaked as, "Hey, one year five and a half or whatever," and you go, oh, "Okay, that's not bad." And you're going to hear, "Oh, it's really one year three with incentives to earn up to five. And it's like, "Oh, well, that's the thing, though. If you got Joe Burrow throwing you the ball, you can get these things, you know." Because I mean, look, I, I keep looking at the examples. Look at CJ Zama and. Hayden Hurst, they, they had one really good year and went and got their money elsewhere. That's that to me, that's the incentive to come here. And I, I know you say about New Orleans, but I mean, who'd you rather have throw you the ball, Derek Carr or Joe Burrow? I mean, I'm taking jackpot. Well, I mean, it also depends on the person, you know. I mean, what if I don't know Foster Murrow? What, what if he was a massive Derek Carr fan? I mean, it's there, there are he, things to he throw, I mean, they're teammates last year, so I maybe I don't know, maybe it's familiarity. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Um, you, you never really, really know. Yeah, Foster's probably that that three five. Yeah, yeah, you got two six. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that's been blowing up on Twitter and this and and Centauri has broke this down <laughs> a lot. Sorry, Blake. Running backs. 
Uh, um, so I, I took probably four hours of my own time today. I was off. You, you didn't know you were going to get this hard-hanging information when you, you jumped on here, Blake. Have you, have you done anything deep dives of the running backs here lately? Not any that aren't available. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this was more or less um, me getting tired of reading Twitter comments about paying running backs, what they're worth, what they're not worth. Um, there is no bias behind this. This is truly just the data telling me what the data says. Take it for what you will. Um, but I went and took the top 20 running backs in terms of rushing attempts, and they almost all had at least 200 attempts this year. Um, I put in their A's, their yards uh, per carry, touches, total yards, total yards per touch, explosive plays, pass protection grade, yards after contact, elusive rating from PFF. I really just wanted to see – of those top 200 or top 20 backs with 200 more touches, what teams are currently paying them? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what is the value people are getting out of their running back currently? Um, Cause everybody's going to say, you know, that there's the whole trend of don't pay running backs and everybody wants to say cut mix and resign mix and trade for Eckler. What take all that out the window and just look to see what are running backs actually doing per carry per yard? What does it actually cost you? to get production out of your running backs. And that's what I wanted to see. Um, long story short, um, you can sort it by touches to start just to kind of get a, an idea. Um, Jacobs had the most touches, followed by Henry, Barkley, Chubb, McCaffrey, Harris, so on and so forth, um, sorting it by total yards. Um, it's about the same list, right? Most guys are going to average between four and a half and five if they're at the top of their game. Um, you end up with your yards per touch. I wanted to look at yards per touch based on what they're making, which is more right. productions per dollar. Um, the guy that kind of got floated around, which I thought was a little insane, was Elliot. I mean, that, that was me on Twitter today. I kind of threw him out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elliot was on the books for 16.7. Um, based on his yards per touch, you're paying Elliot seventeen grand per yard, or oh, almost seventy thousand dollars per touch. That's pretty good money. I I, I take that. Wouldn't you, Blake? If I, if I could get that. Oh yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> I don't want the uh, Bengals to pay that, but yeah, I take that to pay me that. <laughs> uh, inversely, the guy that kind of became the gold standard out of this chart was uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I love that uh, guy. You know, he's he's only making a million. I know he's on a rookie deal, but that is taken into consideration when you talk about team building and what you can get out of running backs. Um, you know, at five point five and a quarter per touch, uh, keep in mind he's also got 30 explosive runs and he's a good, decent pass blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, you're paying him 771 yards or $771 per yard as opposed to Elliott's potential 17 grand. Um, so there's a significant drop off. The crazy thing, too, he was sharing touches last year. Right. He wasn't even the main back. So when you look at the the dollars per yard, yeah, a lot of these are going to be guys on their rookie contract just because they're not not in that second contract. The, the big money hasn't hit yet. Um, but if you want, you can look at guys where the big money has hit and if it's really worth it. Um, you know, and – as much as it is to some people's dismay, he is on this list and ice asked me to bring them up. Um, if you look at yards per touch, um, you got to bring them up. This is what Twitter has been blown up about. 
Our our boy Mixon is about sixth in the NFL. Um, bad, bad sixth. So fourteenth um, in the top twenty for yards per touch at four point six five. You really want to be at least five or higher if you want to be considered top. Uh, he was dead last in explosive running plays, um, which is just sixteen uh, compared to the top back, which was Chubb at forty seven. Um, pass pro grade we know is bad yards after contact was i believe the worst in this group as well elusive rating was bottom and then if you look at that dollars per yard uh he's second worst next to zeke who we've all said is pretty pretty bad scenario at this point um the number 12 12.79 for a salary isn't necessarily hard to swallow if you get really good production. Um, but the production per dollar, which is what I really look at if I'm deciding if I want to build a team around someone or have him here, um, production per dollar for Mixon is just not great. Um, this is what I brought something up that needs to be considered. This is what I brought up off here, Kareem Hunt, because I was the other guy I put out on Twitter. So I, I didn't put it on the chart, but I – I kind of ran it on a <laughs> just a piece of notebook paper. You looked it up real quick before we started the show. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the the yards per dollar, um, keep in mind Kareem Hunt very much was splitting carries. Um, he had 678 total yards. Um, and if you look at the potential salary, which is probably somewhere around three million for him. Um, he's somewhere around $5,000 per carry, which puts him right smack dab in the middle, mm. which means you're probably an average value. Mm -hmm. And if you look at dollars per touch, he was around 20 grand, which is on the more favorable side. Um, so even at two, three, I ran it up to 4 million. Um, it would make sense, especially if he is still hanging around, uh, he, he was around five and a quarter per touch still less than Joe Mixon. Um, but remember, we're talking about production per dollar as well. If right. Joe Mixon only cost four or five million dollars, no one would be saying a damn thing right now. Oh, yeah, that's the so, whole whole thing is the money. So with that being said, where do you guys got your running backs here? Blake, Blake I'll let you go, go first in, in, in the draft here. If we're because that's where I think we're looking at. I don't think we're signing one. I think we're trying to get at least two in the draft. Where do you where do you got your I know Bijan, we're not gonna get him. But after Bijan. Well, my ideal scenario would have been to either keep P. Ryan or sign Jamal Williams. I think the Bengals wanted to, too. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, draft Ramir Gibbs. Mm -hmm. I like the combo of having, like, a veteran, you know, kind of third down, goal, like a pass blocking uh, running back as your second running back, and then someone like Gibbs who's athletic and versatile and can catch passes. That's – that's what I really want to see uh, out of the running back position this year. Someone that can catch passes. You know, we got Joe Burrow to get somebody that can get somebody that can catch and create space and stuff like that. So Jameer Gibbs would have been great, but without a good pass blocking option behind him, I don't know. Like, I still think he's going to be a good player, and I still think he'd be a good pick. But it's a little more sketchy that you don't have that, you know, pass blocking running back behind him. Right. I think there's a ton of good running backs in this draft. You can get one in about any round that I would be confident getting meaningful snaps year one. Um, 
Israel Banacanda is one of my favorites. Uh, I think he's just he's a home run threat. Not going to have a lot of pass blocking there. Um, but then you can find guys that can pass block. You got Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Uh, you can get about whatever you want out of a running back in this draft. There's fast what, what guys. What rounds do these you guys think that this might come into play? I, I've been saying between third and three and five. Is that where where you're thinking? Yeah, three and five, unless they take a shot at Gibbs, which would shock me. But well, Gibbs would be what second round, early second. Mm-hmm. Um, probably be a trade back, which who knows if that would happen. But I don't think Gibbs is very likely. But yeah, third to fifth round would probably be the sweet spot for it, because you can still you can probably get. I know um, some uh, websites have them going earlier, but I think you can get Ty J Spears in the third round. That's the guy I like. I, I, I like him a lot. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm a Bearcat fan. I watched him kick her ass last, this past year, so that might be a little biased. I saw saw him in person, how good he is. That's the one I, I like. If he's there at three, definitely fourth round, I'm taking him. Yeah, and I have a unfortunate bias against very short running backs. So Deuce Vaughn and Devin Atchain are out for me, even though I absolutely love Devin, Devin Atchain. I think he's going to be a great player for a Hopefully a different team. It's just these <laughs> the short running backs just scare me. It's because like if you look how many running backs are under uh, what do you what do you say like five nine five eight mm-hmm. how many have been successful? It's very similar. It's like did you say Tariq Cohen? So it's been a handful. It's not many. Tariq Cohen's like the only one that oh um I can't think of his name right now. Played for. Uh, was it the Chargers? Sproles. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles and Tariq Cohen are like the only two that come to mind. How tall was Gio? Depending on who you asked, but it was about five, nine and a half. Yeah. I mean, I miss Gio. <laughs> I say that all the time. I wish I could have kept him, but anyway. So what do you, what do you got there as far as running backs to draft there, Centauri? Where, where, where are you at on that list? It depends what the Bengals want to do with the backfield. Uh, we, we keep hearing rumors that they're going to try and overhaul it. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a super overhaul. Not I now. Do, I, I do think that they want to add a little bit more speed and some, you know, a little, something a little bit more dynamic out of the backfield for pass catchers. Um, but if the Bengals stick to what they typically do, um, and when I say typically, I'm going all the way back to like Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they draft running backs in the second round. They draft running backs that are about 5'11 to 6'2. They draft running backs that are about 200 to 225. And they draft running backs that run a little bit upright who like to lower the shoulder. Um, it, you mean you want to go Dylan? You want to go Rudy? You want to go um, Hill? You want to go Chris Perry? You want to go Mixon? Whatever. They're all kind of the same type of back. Um, even with Rudy on the shorter end, didn't offer as much out of the backfield, but they're, they look for a type. Mm-hmm. Um, if they stick with that, you're probably looking second or third round for a Zach Charbonnet if the board falls your way. Um, but if they decide to get away from that, um, they're probably going to keep mixing and then go with the comp. Well, I, that's, that's my, I guess that's my next question. I, at this point, I think they're keeping mixing. I, I, I don't know what what do you what do you guys think about Blake or do you think they're keeping mixing or are they still cutting him or I mean I love to restructure him but I don't know I don't know where they're at on that I, mean, I think mixings are are starting running back next year with a 
Travion Williams and, and a guy we draft behind them. What, what do you think? Well, they're not going to do anything without a plan. And at this point, with all the top, you know, free agent running backs gone and the draft isn't for another month, I don't think they're, they're you know, itching to get him off the roster or figure out what they're going to do. No. I think it's just going to – they're going to see what happens. I think they're going to – something that I could see happening is they almost treat the, the rest of this offseason like they have no running backs, kind of, you know, draft somebody – maybe bring in a veteran, something like that, and then they'll just evaluate that position afterwards. Because I don't think there's a huge, you know, a pressing demand to get rid of Mixon right now. I think that it's something that you can take your time and kind of just see how everything falls into place and then make that move. Well, I do think – I think I kind of lean more about – I lean more towards him playing in Cincinnati this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. I do think – but that's the way it's kind of seeming like it's going to fall into place. But um, I just feel like if, if they were going to cut him, it probably would have happened sooner. Um, and they probably would have signed someone like Jamal Williams. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a mystery at this point. I do, I do like I said, I lean more towards I think he'll be playing for the Bengals next year. Well, so you guys think there's any chance that they'll just go with two rookie running backs next year? I don't think so. I think no. Travion Williams would play ahead of a rookie if they took two of them. As it stands right now, um, I think the running back room is very similar to the right tackle room. Um, they have a guy there. They have a guy there where they're willing to start. They have a guy there they're willing to pay. Um, I think they're going to wait and see how the draft goes. If the right person falls to them and they can – take that person and then get out of Jonah or get out of Joe or whatever they need to do, they will. Um, but I think they're comfortable with Joe. I think they're comfortable with Jonah. I mean, they asked Jonah to play right tackle and they've, you know, backed Joe Mixon the entire time. And if they really, really wanted to cut him and it was about getting him out of Cincinnati, uh, that would have happened already. Right. Um, they also have the luxury of not really having to cut him until after June 1st. Granted, you could do that right now and make it a designation, but I think they've also shown that, you know, we, we don't have to, and we don't necessarily need to, we don't really want to. Um, I think they're just going to wait and see how the draft goes. You know, if, if they do land someone like say, um, I know I, I've said his name twice. It's not that I'm a Homer. It's just a philosophy fit. If you land someone like a Charbonnet, then they'll maybe pair him, with someone that's a little speedier and you, you can get out of Joe Mixon. Right. Um, if you don't land that Charbonnet guy and you've got Mixon, then they'll go out and get a veteran or an undrafted free agent to kind of back up Travion. Then Travion's going to take on your number two role. Uh, they've got several different directions they can really go. And I don't think, especially with the way the league's evolving with running back, that it's super high up on their priority list right now. All right, real quick, Blake, you said uh, 30 minutes. You got to go, or can you, can you stick around for a while longer? I'll you stick gotta... around a little longer. Okay. All right, cool. Just I'll get a home. Home. Okay. I know, I know he's, he's at work right now <laughs> doing his career, so I don't, I, I don't want to keep you. If, uh, I got off at 530, so. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get to a couple uh, uh, questions here. I said, uh, uh, if we could buy Joe Mixon and Jonah Williams in a trade, who would we get for them, in your, in your guys' opinion? I don't think I don't think you're getting much for Mixon. I think you get more from Joe Williams than you are mixing, in my opinion, especially at the prices that they're at. It, so, if you actually got someone to bite 
on that trade with $25 million of cap that they're absorbing, um, you're not going to get much in return because someone's absorbing that cap. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're looking late round picks or junk off the bottom of the roster that they're looking to get rid of or a problem player. Um, no one's going to absorb $25 million in cap and give you um, a high high draft pick unless the guy they're getting is like you know quarterback top top tier wide receiver someone that really changes the game. Jonah's a mid tier tackle. Joe is at the moment like I, I will go by what my data says an overpaid average running back. Um, you're not going to get much if you paired them together. All right, Matt, I don't. I don't know who this is, Matt. Do you got MJD? Matt? Jones, Drew. Yeah, short back. He was five eight. Oh, he was that short. Yep, that's a good little guy. I thought he was like current. I'm like, I thought he was like current back. So never mind. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see, Will here. So I wish they'd sign Jack McKinnon and draft a horse like Charbonnet. You guys thought I like Jack McKinnon. Um, I I, he's got injury issues. Go that's it. I was just—he's got injury problems, but he's a good pass catcher. I think if you can get someone like him and then a true runner, that'd be pretty good. I, he's I think probably I, my favorite left. My bad. <laughs> sorry. Um, He—that he, kind of fits the the mold of the traditional runner and then third down back. Um, McKinnon does have durability issues, like Blake said. Um, he is also on the wrong side of 30, which the Bengals really do not like doing right now. They've kind of made a point of emphasis of that as of late. Um, but if they would go with Charbonnet, it would be that kind of back to compliment him. You'd probably just go a little younger. All right, let's see here. Will, do you guys know anyone with com- uh, compromising picks of Zach? They could give Chris Evans – in order to bribe him to playing time, what? What? Okay. What? What's up? Like, what's your opinion of Chris Evans? What, is he running the wrong routes? They don't trust him. Why can't Chris Evans play? I think they don't trust him. Because um, I mean, you know, the fans, we all see what he does, and everyone's like, "Oh, he needs to play more." But I feel like a little more goes into it than that, right? I feel like uh, that's just like you said, it's a trust issue type of thing. He's still young. And if you and the interesting thing I figured out a few weeks ago, uh, if you took every player on the Bengals roster and looked at their uh, relative athletic score, Chris Evans has the highest out of any player on the current Bengals roster. So he's he's an athlete. I think he's oh, going to wow. get a chance. They just I hope so. I mean, I, I've been excited about him since we drafted him. I mean, I would like to see him get more snaps um, as a pass catcher this year. Um, kind of bring him in, uh, throw to him out of the backfield. That'd be interesting to see. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he's like bad or anything. I just think the Bengals have, you know, maybe they like Trayvon Williams more. Trayvon Williams ran really good last year. And, and, like and from what I've heard, he's a better pass blocker too. I don't, there's no stats on it, just stuff I've read. Well, and I think I it also was. comes down to you're paying Mixon like 13 million. Evans isn't going to play over him. And then P. Ryan is a, he's a consistent, trusted blocker. He, Evans isn't going to get over him. And then Williams just had the hot hand. Williams played great when he had chances. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I, I always learned um, 
when I worked with high school is that uh, it's never as good as it looks and it's never as bad as it looks. Um, but there's not a whole lot of great when it comes with Chris Evans. It's always somewhere. It's always going to be somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, just based on personal experience, when, when I had kids that super athletes and they flashed all the time and, you know, scrimmages or practice, they look great. And parents are like, why didn't he play? Why didn't he play? Um, that's because you were being a jerk coach to them. That's why. Yeah, that, that's why. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time, they just genuinely didn't necessarily have um, enough grasp of the playbook. Right. They may have had fifty percent of what they actually needed to know. And you know, when they're in in preseason or they're in in a scrimmage, you know, I'll call things that they know and they can look really, really good. But, you know, if if I'm stuck calling a base cover two the entire time so this kid can eat underneath as a corner, and then the times I got to call cover three and he doesn't quite understand where the safety rotates behind him and he gets cooked, you know, it looks really, really bad. Um, the parents don't ever see that because I never let it get to that situation in a scrimmage or a practice because um, I'm not about to just embarrass a kid either. I'm going to do things that work for uh, the skill set of the people that are on the field. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I know what the kid can and can't do. Um, I had a situation where parents came up to me and they're like, you know, he looks great on film. I see film practice. Why, why isn't little Jimmy playing more? And um, the kid was like, oh, I know the playbook. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, you got trips wide to the left. You got a motion from the number three receiver over to the right. What's our check call? And he just looked at me and I was like, well, that's why we, we check from three to two in that situation. You should know this. It's week eight. Um, my guess would be it's just they don't necessarily trust that he is 100% confident in what the checks are mm -hmm. and what he needs to do. Um, verbiage is never really a huge problem. It's the checks and reading stuff live action that get to you. Well, so if, you, know, if they, you miss the check down or miss the assignment, Joe Burrow can get killed. <laughs> right. So it's probably very much on the lines with what Blake said that, um, they just probably don't trust him as much as they should. It's not a question of athleticism. It's not a question of can he do it when the ball's in his hand. Um, but unfortunately, getting the ball in your hand a lot of times is step 10 of 10. And steps 1 through 9 need to happen first. <laughs> right, right, exactly. All right, Blake, what what articles you got out? Are you still, are you still writing for uh, All Bengals? You're still doing your podcast? What do you, what do you got coming out here? Uh, just the articles right now. I took a little break um, with free agency from doing the draft, but uh, I got one. I'm not sure when. I'm, I want to say tomorrow or maybe the day after coming out, uh, full profile Michael Mayer. Ooh. So uh, that'll be out here pretty soon. Uh, that's I, I, how, how that brings up a good question. How high up are you on Michael Mayer? Because we do a lot of mock drafts on here, and we did one yesterday, I think it was, and we drafted Michael Mayer at 28, and PFF gave us a C minus. Well, see, um, probably before the college football season or during the college football season, everyone had him at like 10 or 11 overall. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm not sure what happened since then. A lot of people moved back from that, and I didn't. So I still have him about that high. So, so he's, he's okay. Good, sorry, good. This is a, he's a good blocker. He's, uh, you know, everyone was freaking out about his uh, athletic score. That's not a bad score. It's like dead even with Mark Andrews, who's a pretty damn good tight end. Uh, good size. I mean, the things that he doesn't, I mean, the only negatives 
that I can think of are he doesn't have breakaway speed, which do you really need that out of a tight end? And then the second is sometimes his routes aren't super crisp. But, I mean, you have – you got a lot of things here. You got age, you got production, you have size. It's he's athletic. It's he's got great hands. Um, he's got about everything you want out of a tight end. And I think he's being very underrated. The fact that people think he can even make it to 28. You think speed that has something to do with why he's dropped down? He's not the fastest. I mean, speed doesn't concern me at all. Tight end. I mean, it would if he was. If it would if he was running like above the five or like a four yeah. nine. But he's four seven. That's not horrible. It's mm-hmm. he's going to be a possession receiver. He's someone that Burrow can throw to in the red zone. He runs over defenders. Uh, if you get if you give Michael Mayer the ball over the middle, he's going to punish a defensive back. Baby Gronk, baby. <laughs> I, I'd love to have him at twenty eight. So I have a question. Uh, in your rankings, is there – how good a shot is there that Mayer or Dwan Jones will be there at 28, in your opinion? Like, uh, I never really put together, like, full mock drafts for other teams. I kind of mm-hmm. just focus on the Bengals. But, right. The I mean, Dwan Jones kind of seems like one of those guys that's too good to be true. He's a great – like, he has great size. It's like someone like that. I just don't see making it that far. It's like you see every year people. Well, these I teams, said about Michael Mayer too. That's where I'm like, I don't know if yeah. either one will be there. Well, these teams every year they fall in love with these offensive linemen picks like 20 to 28. Mm-hmm. It's like Alex Leatherwood went, well, I don't even know, 17th. That yeah, one. he went high. It's like Jeez. you see teams like that, they fall in love with these linemen. And you see the size of Dewan Jones. It's hard to believe the team picking like, 19 or 20 won't just say hey we want the big the big good blocker right <laughs> let's take him yeah, so yeah i think i think the most likely option at 28 is probably anton harrison um but at the same time he hasn't played right tackle mm. so um yeah we already I mean, had that <laughs> yeah uh darnell Wright. um he's a good option as well so i think I they're think gonna have darnell too what do you got, Santori? You want to jump in? Yeah, when, when I look at someone like Dewan Jones, who's just a mammoth of a human being. He's uh, got shack-sized arms. And, and he moves well. And yeah. he had good production. And he's the right age. And he played at a high level of college. Um, more years often than not, especially going back in years past, having him slide past 15 would have been like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, most of those guys, even the ones that end up sucking, go well above 28. Uh, he's a prototypical right tackle for what, what you really, really look for with with the wingspan and his ability to move and the level of competition he played. Um, if he's there at 28, I think it's a situation where you run to the podium and you, oh, you, praise, you praise God that he fell. <laughs> um, the, the fact that I'm seeing him consistently fall at 28 makes me wonder if there's something wrong or what but there's like you there there's two things in this league that matter that's your quarterback and protecting your quarterback and i mean there's not many good tackles in this draft class and every measurable um and his history would back it up with the metrics we look at point to the fact that he should be a dominant tackle in this league for 10 to 15 years. Um, I don't understand 
how when you look at some of these mock draft machines that he's sitting there even into the early 30s. I mean, if if I'm a GM, make fun of me if you want, but if I'm sitting at 15, he's not getting past me. All right, so a question. I, I brought this up earlier this week. Now, if we have, which we, we do have this for, we have Orlando Brown, Bullison, Karras, Kappa, or Kappa, Karras. Um, Karras, anyway, I always mess it up. Anyway, Dewan Jones, a right tackle. Is that the best offensive line in Bengals history? I mean, you got the 80, you got the two Super Bowl ones, or three Super Bowl ones, and we know the last year or two years ago wasn't very good, but you got the 88 and the 81 with Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz on there. I mean, that line, in my opinion, it's got to be up there as one of the best we've ever had. I, don't I wasn't think... alive back then, but um, <laughs> just like thanks, Blake. Thanks, make me feel old. <laughs> just like putting it on paper, I have to see it for a year because this line doesn't have Anthony Munoz. Right. It's like I feel like that him being on that line just gives him an automatic. That's the best. The edge, just because yeah. Anthony. It's kind, of, Munoz, it's kind of hard to go against that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I never saw him play. I've seen highlights He's good or like some really clips, but I never got to see him play, unfortunately. I, uh, Sorry, were you alive? You weren't alive then either? No, I'm a 90s baby. Dude. <laughs> I'm a 70s baby. Let's go. Um, I I don't think the 05 line gets enough credit. Yeah. Um, Rich Bram was damn good. Uh, Bobby Williams, Levi Jones, Willie Anderson. You had multiple, multiple pro bowlers, multiple mm-hmm. years on that line. Um I mean, then you go back to the 80s where you have Anderson and Montoya, I mean, or not Anderson, Munoz and Montoya. Montoya. Um, you get up to 15 where you had, you know, Witt and Bowling and Zeitler. I mean, you had – there are some lines – yes, yeah, Steinbach. I mean, you had some damn, damn good offensive lines. Yep. Um, if Volson continues to play well, because he was a baseline starter last year, um, I know a lot of people were you head over heels for him because he was the unexpected kind of Cinderella story. Right. Uh, but that's over now. Um, he is the expected starter. Um, I expect improvement if he's going to be the starter. Um, if Brown does what he's supposed to do, Volson continues to get better. Karras and Kappa stay status quo and you get something quality at right tackle. Um it would probably be the best five that you've had out there, but I could probably find a better two or three individuals. Be the best five they've had out there and probably since Witt left. Right. <laughs> so, it it would know. be one of the better five they've ever had. Yeah, I think so. All right, Blake, I, I don't want to keep it too much longer, about, but we got a question here for Crip to talk about my boy, uh, Josh Wiley. Uh, how would you like him as a Bengal? I'd like him as the second tight end they picked. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I like him, but I wouldn't feel super confident with him being the only tight end they select. I think he's like uh, fifth round. That's where I got him at. If they were to double down and take like Michael Mayer and then Josh Wiley in like the fifth, that would be. Uh, I would be very happy with that. It's just like I said, if he's the only tight end, that would be a little worrisome. Not that he's bad, but it's like fifth round tight end is your starter. That's a little, little sketchy there. But yeah, I think he'd be a good complement to a first round tight end. All right, Blake, you're at work. I don't, you're staying at work to do this. I don't want to keep you any longer. Tell everybody where they can follow you. And I get articles, your podcast, all that stuff. I'll let you plug in before, before I'll let you get out of here. Uh, it's just right now, mostly on Twitter, uh, Blake Tool NFL, and then all Bengals. It's where you can find most of my work. So, you know, do you need a podcast? Uh, I kind of, I'm giving it a break right now just because uh, uh, I kind of lost motivation to do it. 
So you got Mike Hilton on your show. I can't even get Mike Hilton. They're like, ah, oh, I'm so jealous. That was a lot of fun, but then I sat down to record the next one and I was like, I was talking for like 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Sorry, I, I, I never know. I, what get, I'm I, about. I, I would write down a plan, like right. a 10 point plan of what I talk about. Right. I'd get all the way through it and I'd only be recording for like 20 minutes. I'm like, now what, <laughs> like, now what do I do? I got to make stuff up now. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. All right, Blake. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll have to do yep. this again sometime. All right, brother? All right. We'll do. Who day? Who day? See you. All right. So now I got a you know, keeper here. Like Mr. Blake, remember when ice was growing up, rainbows were black and white on TV? Shut up, Crypt Keeper. I do like the riff player. Woo! So we're going to get... Foster Rose signed, or, or we is anything going to happen? Are we just going to be holding here? That's, I mean, honestly, Satori, that's if we sign Foster Moreau, I'm okay with with waiting on what we do with Mixon, waiting on what we do with Jonah, waiting for the draft. We got to get it. We got to get somebody in this tight end room. I I would be surprised if they go into the draft without getting somebody. Um, I just don't know if that somebody's Foster Moreau. I'm all for it. If they do, I'd be ecstatic. Right. Um, because even if he's your number two, he's a very reliable number two. Right. Um, so I, I would love it. Um, I think they're probably because they are they are starting to get a little cap tight. As much as some people don't want to necessarily believe or how understand the cap really works, um, they are cap tight right now. And it's well, that's where they're like keeping Jonah and Mixon off the off the books. Right. But we don't know if they're going to be off the books or not. Right. If you, in, if you mm-hmm. intend on keeping them, you have about what. You have about nine million to play with, because it's seventeen and twelve is what they what they both make. I think one seventeen, one's twelve. I think give or take. All right. So you have you have seventeen for your remaining cap is what you have. Um, it takes eight million this year to sign uh, to sign your rookies is what it's going to take, which means you're down ga- you're down to actually I think it's fifteen. So you're mm-hmm. down to seven. Right, they like to keep three for in-season signings or practice squad, which means you're down to four. Mm-hmm. If you sign Foster Moreau, that's the last piece you can sign, right? Um, unless you get rid of Jonah or Mix, which I mean, which they be, don't know if they're going to do yet. Now, so, is that is that is that counting not not being able to sign? You still got to be able to sign Joe and T, or is that off the books? Is what you're saying? You say so right? th- that money doesn't hurt you until okay. a few years from now. Okay, okay. None of that money does. Okay. Um, If they sign Joe, which, by the way, they're not going to do until like the 1st of April. That's like, yeah, because the escrow. Yeah, because that's when the money gets put into escrow. Um, Just quick math. If, because the the money that comes against your cap is a prorated signing bonus. Let's say he gets the $60 million signing bonus, which has kind of been the average. Mm -hmm. And that's going to get prorated over probably. 11 and a half years, just the way they're going to do it. So we'll call it 12 to make it easy. It's a $5 million hit next year. It's not, that's borderline negligible. If you're willing to keep, and this is the other person that you can kind of maybe cut, maybe not cut. If you're willing to keep Leo Collins for a $4.1 million hit this year to see if he might be able to play halfway through the year, you're not really worried about Joe Burrow's salary or right. his signing bonus being prorated for $5 million. Right. right. Plus the, the cap is about to explode. 
Um, right, right now we're at 224.2, um, so 200, call it 225 million. Right. Uh, four years from now, it's going to be closing in, if not over, $300 million. Um, so I'm not really worried about having to sign anybody at all because there's nobody on the books for that time yet at all. Right. Um, so I don't – anybody that tries to get in your head about can they afford this, but they can afford anybody any way they want. It's a matter of just doing it the right way. There, Steve's got a great trade for us. Darnell Washington, 28. Trade 28. Jonah to the Falcons for for Kyle Pitts. <laughs> We're just gonna. We, we don't need wide receivers. We're just gonna run all the tight ends out there. Just throw stuff out there. <laughs> uh, but we'll has this. But if they could just get Mixon to take a seven million pay cut, that's his dead cap space. Yeah, uh, you're not gonna do it. Uh, you're not just gonna get him to take a seven million dollar pay cut. That's ah, more. Than, just get back seven million. That, that's more than half his salary. Um, and his dead money has already been paid out to him. That's why it's dead money. Right. So he's not just going to give the Bengals a check for $7 million. Um, And here, here's the other thing. If Let's say we'll just make it real easy. Let's say his, his cap hits 14 this year with $7 million dead. So it's right. 7 and 7. That means he's been paid 7 and now he's also owed 7. Mm-hmm. If you want him to take a $7 million pay cut, that means he's playing for free this year and not getting a game check. I don't think he's going to he, do that. No, because he already got a signing bonus uh, three years ago. Yeah. So that's not – and I'm not trying to make fun of you. That's just how the money gets spread out. Right, right. Um, so he's not going to play for free. No. Damn it. Why not? That's why I was like, if you get him down to like eight or nine, which is yeah. half of what he's owed this year, and then somehow do a restructure, which is really hard with a club option, um, you might have something. But I'm not in the uh, – it can be restructured and come out of his money next year. That's true. I don't want him on the team next year. That's the problem I face. I don't necessarily <laughs> want him on the team this year. I don't like paying running backs more than four or five million dollars. Even the if Tory doesn't want running backs on the second contract, no matter what. Correct. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. I, I am a stickler about that. Uh, realistically speaking, yes, you can restructure him with his club option. You can make it come out next year. Um, but that means you're probably looking at nine this year and nine next year, which puts you kind of back in that sweet spot we talked about on the chart if the production's right. Right. But now you're asking someone whose production has faded two of the last three years to get back on track on the wrong side of, you know, the wrong side of 25, which is right. hard. Right. I, it's, it's just – it's really, really, really complicated, and there's a lot of hoping it gets better. And I'm also not in the uh, camp of paying mix nine this year and next year and having to pay T and Joe, because that's when those contracts will start to affect you. It's two years from now. Um, See, that also gets played into an effect. Yeah. All right. Let's get the natty here. Uh, Is anyone really going to trade for Jonah? Yes. One year rental. And what kind of compensation are you going to get? A fifth round pick maybe? Uh, Second or third. I'm hearing everything up to a three. Left tackles are incredibly hard to come by, even the ones that are very average who have roller coaster careers and are hurt. Um, when Jonah's healthy, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's going to think they can get the knees fixed. Someone's going to think that they can fix them. Someone's going to think that they have the coach that's going to make him more consistent. There's always one person willing to do that. Uh, there are currently eight teams. Um, Currently eight teams in the NFL that need a left starting left tackle really, really bad. 
and the average market for a starting left tackle is about 20 mil. Jonah's at 12.8. Mm-hmm. So and Jonah's, an average left tackle. Jonah's 60% of the cost of an average left tackle, and he is an average left tackle because he hasn't been paid yet. Someone's going to see that fifth-year option as a means of being able to extend him if it works out. Um, and giving up a third round pick for an average left tackle, even for one year, if you are absolutely back to a wall, mm-hmm. um, is not necessarily a bad proposition. Exactly. On that note, I think we're rolling out here. We've been on 56 minutes. And Tori, I appreciate you. Tell everybody about Rally and where they can follow you and anything else you want to plug for, let's go. Uh, yeah. So I have a podcast with my dad, uh, Cincy James and Greg Luther. Uh, we basically scream into a camera for about 90 minutes. Uh, about, just try to get Greg to go into big sandwich mode. <laughs> yeah, uh, more or less about the Bengals. Uh, it is a Cincinnati podcast. Uh, if the Bearcats do good, we talk about them. Uh, we probably won't talk much about X. I'm just not an X fan. Um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk about the Reds. That was one of the main pillars of the show when we started it. As much as they've pissed us off, Um but it, it's it's Cincinnati Sports Podcast. It, it's it's uh, we started it because my dad and I talk on the phone for three hours a day, and we're like, why don't we just record this and put it out there? All right, sure. <laughs> there but you go. Kind of how it happened, and Greg and James popped on about six months in, and away we went. But you're taking, yeah. you're taking off now. You're, did you do your giveaway yet for the uh, Cooks jersey? Did you already do that already? Yeah. So we did that back in December. Thought you did. Okay. Um, Meg Burkhard won it and she got a, uh, a custom made Ken Riley Jersey, um, which is really, really good. It was oh, dude, uh, that's awesome. It was from cooks. Uh, we're doing another giveaway again in December. We're probably going to announce a giveaway tonight. We just wanted for, uh, since James to have a, a couple days with his family, mm-hmm. uh, hope they're all doing well. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll announce a, a giveaway that we're actually probably going to give away Monday. Um, mm-hmm. we, can we I have, have it? Can I have it? Me. Uh, wanna, did you enter? Uh, sure, I always enter. Okay, I'm automatically uh, entered. But we're giving away. Um, I think they're both signed. Uh, Tyler Eifert poster and an AJ Green poster. I believe that they are both signed. Um, I believe one's framed, if not both of them framed. Um, and one of them, and one of those are those Greg's. One's Greg's. One is uh, James. There you go. Giving yeah. both of them away for mm-hmm. saying thanks for 200 subscribers. I don't want to brag, but we had like 1,300 views on one of our episodes last week, which was like yeah, – you guys kicked ass. The, the most we'd ever had is like 150. That's kind of where we're floating right now. We <laughs> we woke up the next morning. It said 1,300, and we about shit a brick. So, holy <laughs> hell. Um, we, we have fun with it. There's there's some some slapstick comedy, a lot of goofy sound effects and video bits. but And you know, sometimes you have Rally Dale on there, and who knows what happens. Yeah, sometimes we have Dale on there, and it just goes off the rails, man. That usually what happens when Dale comes on the show. <laughs> All right, Satori, appreciate you, brother. Go check out Riley tonight, 7 o'clock, right? Seven o'clock uh, tonight. We're not on tonight, actually. Although you said you're on tonight. Um, we might announce something tonight, but we're not going to have a show. Oh, okay. we'll check, out, Twitter. check out Twitter. They'll, they'll announce something tonight. It'd be kind of cool. All right, yep. brother. Who day? All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I geek out on that stuff. Blake, Joel, Satori know what they're talking about, so... We figured out the running back situation. Joe makes it cost way too much money. We need to go get some money new. <laughs> love you. Love you, Joe. Or just please restructure so we can keep you. I'd appreciate that. Anyway, um, like I keep saying, I am okay with Joe Williams, the right tackle. But I want Juwan Jones. 
I'm keeping Jonah until we figure out what the hell we're going to replace him with. Right now, I'm keeping Joe Mixon until we figure out what the hell we're re replacing with. And that's where I think the Bengals are at. The biggest thing to me right now is I want Foster Moreau. Uh, we have to have him because we only have Asiasi as our uh, only tight end in the room. And I need an oi, oi, oi from somebody in the uh, chat. Anyway, let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And I appreciate every single one of them there. Hootay Nation. Hootay Legion. Bearcat Ruckus. Radical Reds. The Ohio State Bucknuts. The Ice Bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms. All under Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling a sign off the podcast later on tonight. Check it out. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play. Pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave a comment some more since fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, 2,165 subscribers. You guys are awesome. Like I said, I've been killing it lately between 700 and 300 views. You guys are awesome. I appreciate it. Keep telling your friends, saying neighbors about uh, Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice. Tell them about Bengals and Bruce. Tell them about Rally Around the Natty. Tigers Talk. Uh, Blind Tiger. Uh, Winston Natty, all my friends, these, uh, these different podcasts, make sure you guys keep supporting all of us. We all work really, really hard to get this stuff done and hopefully enjoyable for you to watch. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. You know, I got to check my phone to see who I have on tomorrow. I got a really cool guest next Tuesday. I'm very excited, but I will tell you that one more. Tomorrow is a really cool guest too. I have WWE superstar, Fairfield, Ohio native, Angelo Dawkins. On tomorrow i gotta dm make sure we're uh still good to go but he said he'd come on tomorrow and i'm sure dale come on and i'm gonna try to get dale and and angelo to square up and i'm just gonna try to get angelo to beat the crap out of dale <laughs> i think that'd be funny <laughs> anyway i see you guys tomorrow hopefully we saw foster room that's just sports baby see ya yesterday just that chip on your shoulder everyone talking about a neutral afc championship game not even thinking about you guys how much did that motivate you coming into this you better send those refunds <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Then throw Boyd in the middle. Now you really iffy Every Sunday showing boys how to really gritty They try to shuffle up the game on us but they ain't icky Flip the coin, kick the toe, Roger to go and get it Never know what's gonna happen when Joe drop back He gets shiesty in the pocket, I get shiesty on the track Nobody on the team, all pro, that's all cap Most all-around team in the NFL, that's all fact Ain't came across nobody yet that seemed like they can hang with us They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail I dare you come across that middle vine, gon' ring your bell I know we under they skin, them boys built frail Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend Right behind them Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends We just drafted Cam and drafted Hill 
Instant gratification every time that they on the field. We can't go back to what we was, cause that's the loser way. It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy eight. It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it. Zach Taylor doing the same for the city, I give it to him. And I best surmise you'll find a hole if you give it to him. Hayden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him. Just hand it off to 28 and let him do the dash. Getting hit by BJ Hill probably feel like a car crash. Every week it seems like Lou digging deeper in his bag. And if the game on the line, all my favorite money match. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up.